Hello and welcome to the 5th Oxford Sandy and Black Peak Group podcast. My name's Andrew O'Shea. This podcast comes from a very damp, cold morning in South Lincolnshire. Very dull outside and the animals are not really enjoying what Mother Nature's throwing at them. Well, this week's podcast it features an interview that I had last week with Matt Nobes. Um, you'll probably remember Matt from his blog that he wrote about is my pig too fat it drew a lot of attention on the group so i took the opportunity to interview him before we speak to matt there's a little bit of news these past few weeks rural crime seems to be quite a big focus uh, on a lot of facebook groups um not just our pig group um i think it's key keeping livestock in rural areas that we're observant um, we keep an eye out for suspicious vehicles. We report things that we see that don't fit the norm to the police, um, make them aware of any suspicious activities going on. Um, most rural areas will have a wildlife slash rural crimes officer. Um, it's probably worth touching base with them to find out what resources are available to you um, in these rural areas um, and how easy it would be to report crime and activity and work with um, the police to catch these people that want to um, attack us um, and our livestock. Anyway, on more positive news, this week saw the launch of our Christmas competition. We're giving away a commercial grade 8 inch meat slicer worth over £335. All you need to do is head over to oxfordsandyandblackpiggroup.org and click on the link to the Christmas competition. In there you'll find a number of questions that you need to answer. Um, answer all the questions. You'll find all the answers to the questions on our website, on the Facebook groups or in our podcasts. When you've got your answers, submit your form um, and you'll be eligible for the competition. Entries need to be in by 2300 hours on Monday the 23rd of December. The winner will be announced on Christmas Eve at 9am on the Facebook groups. Right, let's go and have a chat to Matt. So today we're joined by Matt Nobes. People who have seen the, the group regularly will know that Matt wrote one of our most popular blogs so far that... Uh, caught a lot of attention on the group so Matt thanks thanks for joining us this morning no problem excellent so um you know obviously you've done a fair bit with me reading your blog but how did you sort of get to become a, a small holder is that something that you've always done or something that you've done in recent years or um no it's a fairly recent thing but it's all my wife's fault um we sort of talked about you know the the idea of raising a few animals and growing your own veggies you know the good life few chickens this and that and um and uh, she saw this place that we're in now um up for sale and i thought it looked ugly and, and muddy <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> yeah. so we we ended up buying it and um and we've been been muddy ever since yeah. so it's it is very bad at the moment with the mud i must confess so yeah so yeah. obviously you probably keep a uh, fair bits of livestock but you obviously the OSB is what we're here to talk about. Was the OSB the first pig that you sort of tried, or did you try other stuff first? Why did you settle on the OSB? 
Um, yeah, Sonny and Blacks were the first. Um, I was introduced to him by a friend of mine. Um, actually, I was introduced to a big pile of pork by a friend of mine. Um, and that, that's one of the main reasons that we we um, looked to take them on. Um, so uh, we stuck with them just because they're they're easy to keep. They're docile. They're they're friendly. They you know they're pretty amenable. They're funny as hell. They are very funny characters, aren't they? Yeah. So so assuming if you're raising pork, you've got some kind of breeding program, or do you just buy in wieners? How do you sort of play that? At this moment in time, we just buy in wieners annually um, in the springtime and uh, bring them on, fatten them up until sort of late summer, early autumn. And um, it, we've, we've only got a small area that we keep them in, um, so we like to, to sort of rest, rest it a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we're, we're quite keen on not on on limiting medication. So um, I totally agree with that. Yeah, we're not having too much of the. Uh worming needed etc etc yeah. exactly we do we try not to worm at all um so long as our, our wieners have been wormed when we purchase them um we normally wouldn't bother again um, no and that's right you know if they come clean you know the wormers last a while anyway so yeah absolutely that's good so obviously with your pig as you said you do you do a lot with pork and that's really what inspired you obviously there's often a lot of talk on the on the group about you know, people posting a picture saying, you know, is, is this pig too fat? And it's, like it's got a lot of fat on it. And there seems to be always a lot of controversy saying, oh, yeah, it's too fat. But I think your blog sort of nailed it on the head that, you know, it's really what you make of it. And fat is where the flavour comes from. And we shouldn't be comparing these pure breeds that grow differently to what we see in these supermarkets, which is not the same. Um, you know, and your blog sort of talked a lot about how, you know, you address that and I, I think from what I'm reading you do quite a lot of charcuterie and and those kinds of bits how did you sort of get into that was it something you dabbled with and liked or um I'm not sure I sort of um I, I fell into it I think um uh, Robert Buttle I think he's one of the key figures uh, he's he's on the group and um I know he does a lot of charcuterie and, and salami making, but I just wanted to do something different. I was getting a bit sort of, yeah, pork's all right, you know, but there, there's a lot more exciting things you can do with your pork. Um, so like making 500 Cumberland sausages and a load of chops, but, you know, I, I just, I didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So it's, and, um, I guess it's about making that pork go further, and obviously the, the things that you do preserve the meat to give it more longevity, right? So and, well, and flavour. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there's parts of the pig that we don't often use, um, you know, or if we, you know, the jowls, for example, to make guanciale, it's not something that we would normally consider, um, or even even ask our butchers to to make for us um I, I wonder how much of how much of our pigs actually come back to us um if, if we give them to a butcher to to portion up so to speak yeah um, and i wonder how you know how much of it just goes into into sausage how, you know is it lazy butchery is it you know is it um a lack of knowledge there was no demand for these for more interesting products that's a good point i think it's becoming more more and more people are becoming um interested in in charcuterie 
yeah, these I mean, days. It, it seems to be exploding a bit. I agree. I mean, I've dabbled with a few bits, you know, some dry cured ham, and I've, I quite regularly make uh, chorizo. Um, and obviously, you make quite a bit of salami. So, you know, that's it's not a difficult process per se, but there's an element of patience to it. Um, if you were going to give a tip to our listeners about making salami, what would it be, the key tip to ensuring that you get a good product at the end? Um, patience, I suppose. Patience. And time um, for it to dry out. Yeah, That's the key you, thing, you've got it? You've got to give it time to, to firstly, to dry, and secondly, to develop its flavour, you know. It's, um, yes, I mean, it, I... I I, I, I hang my pork in my kitchen and then out in a in an old shed that I've got. I believe you've got some kind of machine of you, particular temperature controlled thing, or have I misread that somewhere? Uh, no, no, I did. Um, I, uh, historically, I, I was a controls engineer, so it sort of interested me to be able to build something um, that allowed me to control the environment. Um, so, yeah, I currently use an, an old fridge, basically, with... Um, humidity and temperature control but it allows me to to be fairly accurate with um with the environmental yeah which, which is key right you know in, in these days so obviously you've done a lot with your with your meat and charcuterie etc what are your plans for your pigs for next year for the pork wise are you going to be trying anything new when it comes to pork or charcuterie um i would like to do a bit more with the whole muscle cures um and to learn more of the um charcuterie side of the butcher's skills so you know seaming muscles and, and taking whole muscles rather than just you know parting them up into into joints and i see what you mean yeah. yeah excellent excellent so i mean just before we go i mean have you got a book that you use for this? Is it do you rely on the internet and look researching, or have you got like a Bible that you go to to read about these kind of processes and stuff? <laughs> well, the internet is full of uh, billions of conflicting opinions, so um, I, I sort of I use the internet. Um, Facebook's great. There's some good groups out there, you know, where you can, if you're spend enough time, extract the information that you need. Um, but I've got two books that are always sat by the side of the sofa, and that's um, the I think it's called Salume, and the other one's called Charcuterie, and they're both by Michael Ruhlman, um, and I think his partner in crime was a guy called Brian Polson. They they cover pretty much every aspect of charcuterie and salumi, you know, curing curing meats, um, not just pork, but beef and lamb as well excellent thank you for the tip i'm sure our readers are enjoying really that. really good books excellent well matt thank you very much for your time I'm, i know we're both busy so thanks again and we'll speak again soon ideal no problem thanks for that cheers matt well thanks again to matt for his time in that interview um that brings us to the end of our podcast um hope you've enjoyed it and find it informative don't forget, our Christmas competition is now live. Um, you can make your entries up until 11 o'clock on the 23rd of December. And again, we'll announce the winner on the Facebook groups at 9am on Christmas Eve. Until then, I've been Andrew O'Shea. Happy pig keeping and season's greetings.